The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you for joining us today here on Spirit of Recovery. I'm very glad that you're listening and uh, very glad that you are uh, liking Spirit of Recovery on our Facebook page. Thanks for putting your comments on there and for sharing uh, with your friends. Thank you also for sending the emails and letting me know what's happening in your world and, and how you're growing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. And I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about us here on unityonlineradio.org on Spirit of Recovery. And uh, I love the opportunity to broadcast on spirituality and recovery. It's uh, just delightful for me, and um, it's wonderful. And I love knowing that what we're doing here, the guests that we're bringing are touching your heart and making a difference for you as you continue your own development. If you are interested in supporting Unity Online Radio financially, you can do that. There's, of course, our program here. There's lots of great programs on Unity Online Radio. And you can do that by using your smartphone. You can make a one-time financial gift or a recurring financial contribution. You can text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and your contributions will support this program as well as the other many great programs here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Here on Spirit of Recovery, every week we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We've got guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or who have a real contribution to make spiritually to people in recovery. And we're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking you know that you can listen to us here in a variety of ways. You can listen um, certainly via your computer. You can listen live. You can listen via your smart device and their archives on demand. So we've got lots of great archives programs, and you can listen to those anytime at your own convenience. Go to www.unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place so that if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction, perhaps you're in your own recovery as a family member or friend, or perhaps not. Um, maybe you're just curious about what recovery is all about. What, whatever your situation, I'm glad that you're listening, glad that you're part of the Spirit of Recovery community, and uh, we are glad, uh, again, that you're here and you're very welcome to call in or email in with a comment or a question for my guest. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister, and I'm also an addictions counselor, and also I'm a person that who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction, and 33 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. They were a catalyst 
for me to get going. And uh, ever since then, my walk's been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing. So again, I'm delighted, grateful to have the opportunity to share great guests with you and to share ideas and to broaden um, and deepen, hopefully, with some experience, strength, and hope here, your recovery and spirituality walk. We've got a great program for you today. Our topic today is entering the new year with intention. And uh, we're going to be talking about the idea of what's spiritual intention rather than having an unrealistic expectation and uh, how that can make a big difference for us here as we are in January of 2015 and moving into um, this year. How can how having a spiritual intention deepen our recovery? My guest today has been with us before once here on Spirit of Recovery, and he's got lots of great information to share. My guest is Chris Shea, and uh, Chris holds a Master's of Arts, and he ha- he's also a certified addictions counselor. He is a campus minister. He's a trainer and an author. Chris is also a husband and father, and he's a graduate of Washington Theological Union and St. Hyacinth College and Seminary. He's got degrees in philosophy, theology, and pastoral studies. And Chris is also nationally and state certified addictions counselor. And uh, he is presently the campus minister of a Catholic high school in Maryland, and he's an adjunct professor in the Family Studies and Community Development Department of the School of Liberal Arts at Towson University. He's had uh, over 20 years of uh, work in the addiction counseling field as a clinician and administrator, and he has implemented um, treatment program modalities. He has integrated evidence-based treatments um, with traditional treatments to, pre- to promote lifelong recovery for um, his clients. And he has had lots of experience also in pastoral ministry as a hospital chaplain and a retreat leader in the New England region. And he is a presenter. He presents seminars and trainings across the country for addiction professionals. He's a published author in many uh, professional journals. And he has a wonderful blog um, that is. I invite you to have a look at. His website is Life's Journey Blog. It's L-I-F-E-S, Journey, B-L-O-G dot com. And you can also find him on Facebook at Life's Journey Blog and on Twitter at Life's Journey Blog. So, Chris, thanks for being my guest. Well, thank you very much for having me again. Yeah, glad you're here. So, um, you know, we're entering the new year, and and in the past it's sort of been the tradition, the people to set, you know, goals or make resolutions. And it's interesting, you know, when I read various blogs and look at whatever, it's almost like people are sort of grasping the idea now that maybe setting an external kind of goal or resolution doesn't, Maybe isn't quite as effective. I don't know. What What do you think about that? How do you see that idea? Well, this, this is definitely that time of the year for the resolutions. And I know I, I'm asked often, well, what resolutions have I made? What am I doing? Um, but I, I think part of the problem with resolutions is most of the time we make resolutions and we do it clear-headed, we do it with the right intentions, we have the, you know, real anticipation I'm going to do it, Uh, but in a lot of ways, I feel we make these based on expectations that are uh, either unreasonable for us or unattainable. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting what you're saying is that when we make these, we're in in one kind of a, a mind frame, but then when we go to do it, maybe, are you saying we're in a different mind frame? Or what's the gap there? How come we can't really move forward on them the way maybe we hope? Well, I really don't think that there's a, a gap necessarily in that consciously what I hope to do and want to do is any different uh, than the outcome. I think where the gap is that we don't recognize uh, the way my thoughts are, and in looking at my thoughts, um, I begin to see uh, that maybe what I thought I could do is unreasonable. Huh. Um, but if I don't recognize it's unreasonable at the beginning, 
I, I'm in a, in a sense, without knowing it, setting myself up for failure. Uh-huh. That's a good point. That's that's really interesting. So how do you work with that, either with yourself or with the students that um, that you work with or with um, clients who are in recovery? How do you how do you deal with that unrealistic sense? Well, if we realize that there's unrealistic things that people are thinking of, what I try to do with them is ask them to list out how they feel the outcome is going to happen and what are the resources that they are going to need to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in a lot of ways, I think we have the right even expectation, but if I don't have the proper resources to get there, that's going to become an issue. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why I like teaching the class that I teach at Towson University because the focus is on resource management. So I try to put a lot of, of emphasis on that to my students, um, that if you're working with other people, don't set them up for failure in, in the sense that you want to encourage them to, you know, like reach the stars, which I have no problem with. But in a sense, if you tell somebody to reach the stars and you don't give them the rocket ship, you set them up for failure. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, once you fail once at something, for a lot of people, that failure in and of itself is going to stop me from ever trying again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is a class that you're teaching to counselors, is that correct? Or to people um, that are going to become counselors? Are- yeah, most of them are going in for general counseling or in a family studies work. Uh, mm-hmm. The department actually offers degrees in, in family studies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just thinking, you know, it, it's great to set goals for oneself, uh, but what we really have to be careful of is what are the goals that I'm making and really planning that out before I, I set my mind that this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. What happens then when you're either in this class um, working with these people who are going to be counseling folks and or with people that you work with in direct service as, as a counselor or chaplain, when you ask them to list out how are you going to make this happen, what happens? Do they go, oh, my goodness, this isn't going to work, or do they find resources or I don't know, maybe a variety of things. What happens when you ask them to really think, how I'm going to make this go? Well, that's where a lot of guidance and patience is necessary. One thing that you really don't want to do is to squash somebody's dream. So, you know, if if I want to reach the stars, you know, and and that may be a little impossible right now, um, you know, what I really want them to focus on is how am I going to get there, but what steps do I have to take? What little goals can I accomplish along the way um, that's going to help me to get there? Um, you know, when I was working with people suffering from addiction who, uh, you know, were really down and out, and then by the time they came in uh, for treatment, uh You know, they really lost everything. They've lost their family, their jobs, most of their money. And for somebody to say, when you ask, well, why do you want to stop using, you know, and they say, because I want all of it back. Mm -hmm. On the surface, that's not an unreasonable goal. But if I go along with that and say, okay, the outcome of treatment is to get all of that back, in a lot of ways we're setting them up for failure. For one, I really don't think that should be the goal of the treatment, but for two, how do we know they have the resources and ability to get all that back, even if they're living a, a life of recovery? Mm-hmm. So then you would even work with a person like that in that situation to kind of set those re- more realistic goals and take it a bit at a time? Exactly. Um, and help them through what, what I like to do is use a person's history. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've been learning through the different ministries that I've had and, and trying to learn even within my own life that we really are products of our own histories. And if we can step back and look at what we've been through, what we've learned from what we've been through, 
then hopefully as we do that, we can come to a better understanding of what do I do next. And in a lot of ways, hopefully I don't repeat the same mistakes that I did before. Or just mm-hmm. repeat some of the paths that didn't work out as well as I had hoped that they would work out or, or that I expected them to work out. Mm-hmm. So if, if I can look at that and begin to see what are these small goals that I, I need to accomplish and then I can look back and say, well, I had a similar situation before and this is what I did. What I would mention to the person then is, well, in that similar situation, what worked for you positively and, and what didn't work so well? So we want to re, um, reinsure them to continue doing what was working. And we also want to take a moment with them and say, okay, well, if this part didn't work too well, how do we change that? How do we revise that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you bring that um, to people, and again, it, I can see like somebody, as you say, that's just entering recovery or any, even somebody that's been in recovery for a long time that's like, gosh, you know, I want so much more in my life when, you know, I want to go forward. I want it to expand. Do people get discouraged when you kind of invite them to, to ground in? Do they think, oh, you're, you're raining on my parade here? Or do they feel supported by helping them to, to ground it? It really depends on the individual. And those who understand it, we can work through in a, a much you know, easier course, you know, if they understand what we're trying to do. But there are a lot of people, and, and I've kind of been there myself, that, you know, we, we want it now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think part of when you're going through an act of addiction, you, you get that sense of the now, you know, that, that I, I want my satisfaction now, I want the answer now. Um, unfortunately, I think a lot of our society is into the now. Um, you know, it amazes me how people complain that, you know, a drive through a fast food is too slow nowadays. So, you know, I think what becomes important is we help, have to help them to understand that we can get to these goals, but it's going to take time. So as they start to see the small steps that they're taking and, and the small successes that they're making, I think it becomes important then to backtrack and look at their history at that point even and say, look at where you were X amount of time ago or look at where you were when you and I started doing this. Look where you are now. And if they can start to see the progress that they're making, then hopefully we can help them to retrain their thought process to focus more on the here and now and not so much on the far out future. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I just keep thinking of this. I have to say this. I I saw, uh, I actually bought this thing. It was just a card in the, the greeting card section at the store uh, a few months ago. It has a photograph of a whale, you know, leaping out of the water, breaching. And on the, the cover it says, um, oh, I can fly. And then you open it up and it says, no, I can't, but I can swim really well. And I, I love that because to me it's speaking to this. It's like, no, I have to be who I am, and that's good. I, I can be who I am really well. But I'm not a bird. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and, and that, that's one of the things, you know, that we get on this topic, um, you know, even in my class where we've talked about it. It gets a, a little bit deeper philosophically, but... What I try to help them to understand is that to be the best person that you can be, or or in other words, to be perfect, you know, for those who who say, you know, I have to be perfect. I think the way that we become perfect is if we are doing us the best that we can do us. Mm -hmm. You know, be the best you that you can be. Don't try to be something or somebody else. Hold on to that thought. It's time. We got time for a break. Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to it. This is my guest, Chris Shea. We're talking about entering the new year with intention. Uh, Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio. 
to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Chris Michaels, host of Healing Your Life on Unity Online Radio, is an author, life coach, national speaker, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Living in Kansas City, Missouri. Through his writing, coaching, and speaking, Chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives. In his book, Your Soul's Assignment, he reminds us that we each have something to do here on Earth, a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is entering the new year with intention. And we are talking about the idea of how spiritual intention rather than unrealistic expectations, kind of floating around out there, um, but the spiritual intention is what really helps us to deepen uh, recovery. My guest is Chris Shea, and Chris is uh, an addictions counselor. He's a, a campus minister. He's an adjunct college professor. He is a trainer of addiction and counseling professionals. He's a published author. He's got over 20 years of uh experience in the addiction counseling field and uh, also many years of experience in chaplaincy and uh, uh, is just has a wealth of experience in his life with supporting people in recovery and supporting people in their spiritual development. You can find out more about Chris at his blog. Go to website lifesjourneyblog.com and you'll find lots of great blog posts there. You can also find uh, Life's Journey blog on Facebook and on Twitter. Before I get back to my conversation with Chris, I invite you to join me in the Serenity Minute for a moment of meditation for making that conscious contact with your higher power. So I invite you to relax, to be aware of your breath, to allow your thoughts to move to the edges of your awareness as your mind and heart naturally find that place of quietness, that essence of goodness that lives in the very core of you. And I invite you to share with me this constructive idea. I am grateful to be exactly who I am. My higher power fully loves and supports me. I am grateful to be exactly who I am. My higher power fully loves and supports me. And we take a moment in the quiet. friends for joining me in the serenity minute and i trust that you did find that conscious contact with your higher power and had that moment to feel the stillness and 
hear and feel the presence of your higher power. And so now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Chris Shea, and we're talking about entering the new year with intention. So, Chris, before the break, um, you were talking with us about the idea of really being yourself and that that's what's important is not to try to be something far out that you're not, but but really being yourself. So I know you had a story, an example for us. So tell us, what's what's the deal about being yourself? Well, and then what I was mentioning in, in being yourself is when we look at these expectations that we have or making the resolutions and trying to find perfection in our lives, which none of us are going to find the perfection, it's really important for us to focus and stay in the present moment such that we can really focus on who am I right now and not try to be somebody else or try to be something else. And one of the examples I learned way back, I hate to say multiple decades ago in in college, in one of my philosophy classes, uh, the teacher would talk about one of the philosophers who mentioned that when you look at true perfection, you can look at nature. You can look at a rock. And one of the things he was talking about is that a rock is perfection in that the rock is a rock, and the rock does the rock well. The rock doesn't try to be the tree. When you look at that philosophically, that's really where I hope to get the people that I work with and minister to to understand that. You know, just be your rock. Be who you are. Don't try to be who somebody else is and be that best you that you can be. Understanding that nobody is perfect, but if I'm the best me at this moment, not the best me I could be tomorrow or, or down the road, if I truly am the best me right now, that's my perfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think or not that people that are in recovery have a difficulty with that? Addiction can really, you know, whether it's addiction to a substance or whether it's as a family member or friend that's, you know, really focused on trying to fix or control outer circumstances, it can just really create havoc in your thinking. And and when we get in recovery, it's like got to think a different way. So, what do you, how do you help people in recovery really grasp that, that it's okay to be who you are, and that's what we need to be doing? And, and that's kind of the crux of the difficulty in, in working with people who are struggling with their addiction. That topic actually could be a couple of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we look at it in, in you know, this way, one of the things that I try to help the person who's just coming off of using and and really just beginning to understand what life in recovery can be, they start to look backward, you know, at, at all that they did, all the wrong that they did, the people they hurt, and really start to question who they are and, and really look at themselves as, you know, very negative, very down on themselves, you know, look at all the mess that I created uh, look at how bad I am. Mm-hmm. I think to help them to focus on, you know, being who you are is to help them to understand who they really are. And if we, you know, take a look at perspective, and perspective is, is one of my favorite words. I, I write about perspective all the time. I, I teach about perspective all the time. You know, we really need to change our perspective and how we view things. And what I ask them to do is to really focus and say, one, you need to understand that the addiction you're suffering from is a disease, so it's not your moral failing. And if you understand it's a disease, then you are not that disease. You are you who has a disease. And if we help them to understand that, what I can say is back it up before your active addiction and start to look at who were you before before you started using, what were your moral values then? And if you look at the things that you did in active addiction, would you ever act in that manner if you were not under the influence of the drink or drug? 
And the more that they can look at them and say, well, no, of course I would never do that. I say, well, then that's who you are. Mm-hmm. If we can help them to focus there, that's who you are. That's who we need to build from. Not who you were, what you were doing under active addiction. That was under active addiction. Now, helping them to also understand you go back to active addiction, that's what you're going to go back to doing, you know, and, and not to do that in a threatening way, but, but just to say both sides work. So mm-hmm. if you don't like how you were back then, you know, here's the way not to be, but don't let that period of your life define who you are because that's not who you are. That's you in an active disease, and we're here to work on recovery from this active disease. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. We've got a question. We just got an email from Serene. You ready for a question? I guess I am. All right. Well, here we go. Thank you, Serene, for emailing in. Here's what she wrote. I love New Year's resolutions, but I feel like it gives us only one chance to change ourselves or set goals. If I fail at it, how can I get that feeling back like every day is a new year or a new chance? But then, if I give myself a new chance every day, how can I truly change myself without feeling like the world will give me a hundred chances? So we got a dilemma here. I get trapped between my New Year's chance and the, quote, I'll be better tomorrow feeling, quote, end of quote, so I fail because I can. So then Serene goes on and writes, I then spend years of my life not changing anything. I fail at the New Year's resolutions, and then I give myself too many chances. Good paradox, Serene. So Serene says, does that make any sense? And um, So what would you say to that, Chris? That's a dilemma, isn't it? Well, it's definitely a dilemma, and uh, you know, appreciate the email and no, it's it's a true dilemma, and I, I think that's a dilemma that a lot of people end up struggling with because, yes, if, if you just take what I'm saying literally, then you can say, okay, so I'll be the best person I can be today, and the best person I can be today is the one who's using, and tomorrow I'll be a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tomorrow comes, like, well, I got tomorrow, and I got tomorrow. I think, though, that's just taking the words literally. But if you really take them to heart, what I'm saying is if you're going to make a change in your life, you have to actively work on making that change in your life. Yeah, we're not going to necessarily succeed every single day. But what we can do every single day is inch towards that success, inch towards that perfection. So that what it really becomes when you're working, whether it's the New Year's resolution or you're just working on your daily resolution, what action am I taking today that is going to help me to better myself? So you're, you're not giving yourself an out, but what you're saying is, I'm going to keep doing the best that I can today in the actions to better my life, and tomorrow I hope to keep doing the same. It also goes back to what I like to focus on, and that's the here and now. Focus on the whole mindfulness is what it's called. But how do I stick in this present moment? What am I thinking, feeling, acting, seeing right this second without necessarily focusing in on tomorrow? So hopefully what what helps in that dilemma for everyone going through it, and I've met many a, a person with that, is is to say, what is truly in your heart? Are you using that as the excuse, well, I always have tomorrow, or in your heart are you really honestly taking the action necessary to move forward? And without action, change isn't going to happen. So to me, that that goes hand-in-hand in in that. Without action, is not going to happen. Actually, one of the uh, blog posts that I've been working on and, and hope to get it out soon is focused on a comic strip I saw a couple Sundays ago and uh, that's really what that focus is on, is action. And, and that was one of the things I was going to talk about in, in resolutions, is mm-hmm. uh, not to forget about action. Mm-hmm. What motivates people to take action, Chris, when for some reason we don't? And maybe that's a two-sided question, kind of what keeps us from it and what, or 
and what makes what will motivate us to action because sometimes you know we all do we just kind of quit in a sense what motivates us that really is what we have to find in, in the individual person if we're looking for what's going to motivate me I think what becomes important is again to look at that here and now to, to you know Find a quiet place, and, and again, this is what I try to write a lot about, but if you can find a quiet place and really look and say, what do I want to change in my life? Why do I want to change it? And then how am I going to change it? Mm-hmm. I think then that, you know, why do I want to change it is going to become important because is the why I'm going to change it a surface-type change, or is this something that's a little more deeper within me as to why do I want to make the change? I would also say the resolutions, you know, to write these down. If you take each resolution, you put those three questions there, write your answers next to those questions to remind yourself of what that motivation is. It's different for everybody. But what I would encourage someone to do, if you're looking for a motivation, is to focus more so on a positive motivation rather than a negative motivation. So in other words, if your motive, if what you're trying to say is, you know, I, I really want to stop using and I really want to work a, a good life of recovery, I would encourage my clients at the time to not use the motivation of look at all the negative things I did in my life, therefore I need to make a change. Instead, Look at the positives that can become of your life if you're living a life of recovery and look forward to those. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So it, it draws us forward. And um, so... Exactly. It's going to draw us forward because also if we start looking backward at the pain over time, the way our minds generally work is it dims the pain. So if you've got that pain in the moment of whatever you're going through in active addiction, and you might say to yourself, I'm going to stop using because I never want to go through that pain again. The problem is as time goes on, that pain, the way you remember it is going to be very different. And that may no longer be as strong as it used to be. And therefore, it's not going to be that motivating factor anymore. Mhm. Good point. Got to get, got to get better, huh? Got to go forward. Mhm. Mhm. Where does um? So I want to thank Serene for emailing us. That was a great question, and appreciate it. And thank you, uh, Chris, for your very thoughtful response. Where does spirituality come in to this? Um, how would you see that, Chris? For me, spirituality comes into this and all of it in what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I can't in my own life um, focus on anything that's happening without it being spiritual. And, and spiritual in the sense that, you know, we understand that there is something out there greater than who I am spiritual in that I want to bring my consciousness to a different level. So I think in in all of this, we've been talking the spirituality, because any time that I want to better myself, any time that I want to, you know, make a change in my life for the positive, uh, that really helps to to focus me into getting outside of myself. And that's going to focus me into something higher than me. But one of the things, though, that really strikes me at this time of the year is within my spiritual tradition uh, of Christianity and Catholicism uh, specifically is the story of the three kings, the uh, epiphany in in the uh, Bible and in the Gospels. And that's something that I uh, blogged about not long ago of looking at expectations and looking at how do I go outside of myself and, and look at the world in a different perspective? I think when we look at the story of the three kings or the three wise men who journey from a faraway land to find 
the newborn king to find what they feel is going to be somebody very special. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, their journey mirrors our journey. Because in the end, um, they don't find what they expected. Mm-hmm. And I think that really becomes the big issue for us. You know, they see this star, whether it's star, comet, we'll let science do its thing, I don't know. But whatever um, you know, we start to look at, they saw and said, this is signifying something big, and we need to go for it. Now I like to look back then within our own lives, what signs do we see around us that say, this is something big and important, we need to go for it? Mm-hmm. They could have just said that. Right. But Hang in there. It's time for a break. I love this podcast. We're going to be right back. Um, stick with us here on Spirit of Recovery, and we're going to hear um, some more about this idea of what we expect and what we find. We'll be right back. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity Online Radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit Unity Online Radio and click on Mobile Listening. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Um, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is entering the new year with intention, um, talking about that importance of that spiritual and that deep intention, taking action on those intentions. And my guest is Chris Shea. And uh, Chris is the um, author of lifesjourneyblog.com. And I highly recommend that you uh, follow his blog. He writes very insightful and thoughtful blogs. You can also find Life's Journey blog on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, Chris has many years of experience as an addiction counselor, as a campus minister, a trainer, and author. He's got many publications for addiction and other counseling professionals. He's a husband and father and um, a campus minister, and he's also the chairperson for the St. Mary's County Alcohol Coalition um, and sits on the advisory board for the National Alliance for Doug and drug-endangered children, and uh, he's got lots of great experience and and lots of good support for people spiritually um, on their journeys. So, Chris, before the break, you were talking with us about um, that beautiful story from the Christian and Catholic faith tradition of the the three kings or the three wise men um, looking for the baby Jesus, looking for the the king, and uh, maybe not finding exactly what they expected. Um, tell us some more about that. It's it's a wonderful thought. And this is from, again, a post uh, on your blog in earlier this month in January. Right. And because as I was reflecting on that scripture, I mean, that it was Christmas time, you know, looking, uh, you know, again, at, at the resolutions and looking at expectations. Um, that's what, you know, I began to notice that. You know, when they take this journey, when they see this star, they know it's something big. They know it's something very important. 
And you can only imagine that as they're taking this journey, and, and I don't know how long it took, but they take the journey. And, you know, I can imagine that as they are journeying along, they're having this great expectation that this is going to be a great person, that, you know, what they're going to find might be a palace. What, you know, all they know is this is what they need to do. This is their destiny. And I think it becomes, you know, more solid in them you know, when, when they end up visiting, uh, as the scripture says, with uh, King Herod, who's, who's the king of the land. And, you know, they notice he gets nervous when they're saying there's this new king or this great person. So their expectations are, are up, but, but we know in the story what they find is a baby, a helpless, tiny baby, not in a palace, but in a barn, in a food trough, with animals around. And when I try to put myself into the story, you think they journeyed how far they came from with all these expectations, and what do they find but a baby in a food trough? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I begin to wonder how many times does that happen in our lives in the sense of our resolutions or our expectations? That, you know, we have the best of intentions along the journey, and we do everything we think we're supposed to do along the journey, but we end up disappointed. We end up seeing like, the helpless, powerless baby. Mm-hmm. But that's where I, I hope that we can begin to change our perspective. And, and that's why I think gets us in trouble with expectations. We don't change our perspective. We don't think outside of the box. We don't see the world in a slightly different way. So what I think becomes important is what the wise men did is something clicked in them and looked at it different and realized that maybe their expectation was off. That when they thought they were meeting a great person, they assumed it to be an adult in a palace with wisdom. But in my religious tradition, it says that they did meet a great person. They just have to meet the great person at the time of his infancy. Mm-hmm. So their goal was still the same, and they accomplished their goal, but if they didn't shift their perspective, they would have missed it, and they could have walked away with their heads down low and figured their life was over. Mm-hmm. So I, I really try to encourage people to find your goals and work your journey, but look at life from a whole different perspective. I think, though, that that takes time to stop and meditate or reflect, or take a slow walk through the woods, or a slow walk through your city streets, but really observe your world from a whole different way than what we're used to observing our world. And to really look at, you know, what are my expectations, and how might I be able to change them just a little bit based on a whole new way of looking. I think that's true when we look at recovery. I and mean, to me, isn't that the point of somebody living a life of recovery? Um, that while I'm living this life of recovery, I'm looking at my life from a whole different perspective than what I ever saw uh, before. And hopefully that's part of the motivation. You asked about motivation earlier. Hopefully mm-hmm. that's part of the motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I loved um, what you're saying there about the change in perspective. And in your blog post on on this, I love the the phrase that you use is that the wise men were able to see beyond their own expectations and thus open to a new way of seeing the world around them. What are some general ways that people in recovery can open up to a new way, or what are new ways of seeing the world, maybe that go beyond those externals of how we think it ought to all be? That really when I I think, especially in your early recovery, 
what you need to do is look at the small changes in life. You know, when, when I have uh, you know clients say to me, you know, the sky looks bluer, the grass is greener, um, you know, those types of phrases, and, and sometimes people just blow that off like, yeah, whatever. But I, I think those are very true in, in the sense that how often do I take the time to look at what's really around me? So when we have somebody new in recovery, how do we look at life different? What, again, I try to do is we go back into their history, but we try to tweak that a little bit and try to help them to see it from a, a whole different angle. Um, you know, one of the stories I would hear uh, often about patients when I would be encouraging them to, especially early in recovery, to attend some sort of support-type groups. You know, whatever uh, works for them, we know whether it be a and a whatever works, but to really get into a support group so you're not alone. And often I would have people um, talking to me and saying, but I don't need anybody to get well. I didn't need anybody to use. You know, I used by myself. I didn't need someone. So what I try to do then is use their history, but let's change that perspective. So I would agree and say, all right, you drank or used by yourself, so you didn't need anyone to actually use, but you actually did need a support network. So, you know, did you actually make what it is that you were using, or did you have to buy it somewhere? Um, and if you had to buy it somewhere, then you needed somebody else. If you want to tell me you grew it, well, you still had to get seeds from somewhere. You know, my point being is I work with them with their story, you really used, maybe used alone, but you needed a support network to encourage the addiction to continue. So why would you not use a support network to encourage the recovery to continue? So that's kind of what I look at and how do we help to shift somebody's perspective um, and their expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. another thing that, that would happen, most of my work has been in inpatient uh, units and when people would leave the inpatient, a number of times I would have somebody give me a call, you know, a few days later and say that they were really disappointed because when they left inpatient and they got back home, there wasn't like a big banner that said, welcome home, and there wasn't a party, and you know, they had balloons or a cake or something like that, and, and they really felt down because they, they were expected, uh, you know, like this welcome home party. Mm-hmm. And I would ask them, well, why did you expect a welcome home party? And they would respond by saying, well, look at all that I did. You know, I did this innovation program, changing my life. I'm, I'm you know, doing all this stuff. I mean, doesn't that start a welcome home party? And when I try to change the expectation, I say, but all that you've been doing is so that you are now living your life the way you needed to be living your life and the way you need to be living your life every day. You're really just living life. Why do we throw a party for that? Hmm. You know, so, again, I think we need to take the small things in life and just help us to see it from a slightly different way that it, that when I'm bothered by something, and like, uh, you know, Paul and me saying this, you know, if you're bothered by this, then... In being bothered, can I sit down again in silence or take a walk, whatever it may be, but can I sit down and try to think, why does this bother me? And in that way, I can start to work on how do I shift the way that I think. Maybe bounce off a friend of mine. You know, this is what I'm thinking. This is why it seems to be bothering me. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, when you're talking about all this, Chris, what what really, in a way, comes to me uh, is that the ultimate shift in uh, perspective is that who I am is all right, that who I am is somehow a good part of the world, and that I don't have to have all these things sort of arranged according to my script in order for me to be okay or in order for my life to be okay. It, I, that's what I keep hearing is you keep inviting people, inviting us back to ourselves. What would you say to that? I would definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, that that's really something that we need to keep that focus. And 
you know, we really need to, as we were mentioning earlier, you know, how do I be the best me that I can be? How do I be the best person that I can be? Um, you know, I, I think really speaks to what you were just saying, that, that, that I need to bounce this off of other people. I really need to sit in silence for a while. I just really need to contemplate that if the way that I used to think, is that still a valid way to think? Or is there another way to think about it? Or, you know, what I see outside, um, is that what is really the way I see it? Or could somebody see it a little bit different? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think it's important to bounce these off of other people and spend time in, in reflection, maybe journaling if, if that's something that uh, you know helps a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. Our time is drawing to a close here. Please, uh, what would you say for us at the end here? What would you uh, call us to, uh, Chris, in terms of our spiritual intention and as we're entering 2015 what what can we bring with us that will really support our growth and recovery well what i would leave and, and this is really what i'm trying for my own life as well is you know spend at least 10 minutes a day nothing more just at least 10 minutes a day in silence reflecting on what's around me who i am what i can do in an action to be the best me that I can be at this moment. And, uh, and I think if we can try that, um, we're, we're, we're going to do really good in 2015. All right. That's encouraging. Chris, I want to thank you for being my guest and thank you for the work that you do for people in recovery and, um, people to help people grow spiritually. And, um, Thank you so much for sharing with us about this idea of keeping keeping that focus on being our, ourselves here in 2015 in the very best sense. So thanks for being my guest. Well, it was a pleasure uh, being on again. Great. We're glad and we'll have you back. And I want to thank all of you for listening and have a wonderful, wonderful week and um, bring into this new year. Lots of love and lots of good in knowing that your higher power loves you. God bless. And God bless you too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy 
real excitement. That feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you. Then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.